Tango Tango Papa 2126, January 30th, 2023. Have we seen the actual reality of a monstrous crime? Or merely an illusion? The product of a tortured brain? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Tom Wiles here with you coming to you this evening from Sweet Springs, Missouri. So I've been uh, uh, gone now. They're out in the truck for better part of a month. Uh, so I'm due home on the uh, 4th of February. So that's uh, coming up here in about, I guess, about five days. So I'm in Sweet Springs, Missouri, which is kind of a long I-70 in between uh, Columbia, Missouri, and uh, Kansas City area. And so I'm right now I'm on my way to uh, to uh, where am I on my way to Sioux City, Iowa. But the load it it delivers like at 11 a.m. on the first. So anyway, I'm kind of watching, you know, I like to watch the computer screen while I'm recording and I just turned the computer on. It's been, you know, it's been probably a month since it was on and I imagine that it's downloading a bunch of crap from uh, probably updates from Microsoft and it's going through all kinds of stuff because I just, uh, it's just been booted up now for a few minutes and I've been watching the screen kind of jerk around so hopefully it's not going to skip usually uh it doesn't but there have been a couple of times where i've gotten some skips in the recording where it, you know it's just the processor <clears throat> something gets overwhelmed but uh either the you know processor or the drive writing to the you know so i don't know but it hopefully I did test it, and even though it was visually, it was kind of jerking around, the recording was okay, so. <clears throat> but it should settle down here in a bit. Uh, so I imagine, you know, it's not only downloading things from Microsoft, but it may, is probably running through some, uh, you know, the, Microsoft does like virus checks and stuff like that, and a lot of that stuff's automated. You know, it'll kind of run whenever it can, and I don't don't leave this computer on very often. I just typically it's only on whenever I'm using it, and uh, you know, it may end up you know sitting you know being weeks in between uh, the times where it's turned on. So, but hopefully it's uh, it should be recording okay. Typically it does. So anyway. I have been uh, kind of messing around today. There's, a, I've been seeing these videos and people are talking about this uh, chat GTP. And for those of you that might not be aware, chat GPT, it was, uh, it's a, it's an open, so-called open AI project or artificial intelligence. It was uh, kind of released in a beta version to the public, uh, I guess sometime in November. 
and it's just really caught on in a big way uh, because the thing is uh, rather amazing. Now, it's not perfect, but it's pretty amazing. And so I was, uh, you know, as the day went on today, I was kind of playing with it a little bit. And, you know, there's certain types of questions, you, you know, you can kind of pose to it. Now, obviously, it's, uh, you know, people want to think that the artificial intelligence is some somehow the thing they want to sort of impute uh, consciousness to it. And it, you know, it's not, it doesn't have consciousness. But... Uh, Nonetheless, it's, you know, it sort of simulates it or it simulates certain certain actions of consciousness. Not all actions, obviously, of human consciousness, but it uh, does seem to have uh, some ability to reason and to, uh, you know, to synthesize. That's one of the questions I asked it, uh, if it, it was able to synthesize information, a concept was, you know, simply locked into, I don't remember how I phrased it. I've got the questions here. So the very first question I had, uh, and the, you, you know, you have to create an account. It's really easy. You can use a, like a Microsoft login. You can create an account or you can use your Google login. I just, I went ahead and just created an account. Or I'm sorry, I went ahead and used my Microsoft login rather. And, uh, you know, and then it does ask for your phone number, so and it sends you a, like a six-digit code so you can verify that it's you. Uh, so you do have to have a phone that it can send a text message to. But anyway, the fir- very first question I asked it, uh, how do you know what you know? And this is the answer I got back. I was trained on a large corpus of text, data, uh, books, articles, websites, etc., by OpenAI using machine learning algorithms. I have access to information contained within that data, but I do but do not have personal experience or consciousness. Which you know it and it it seems to love to repeat that it doesn't have personal experience or consciousness. So that's that's a really good point. Okay, now the the next (laughs) question that I asked it, if I can make this bigger, uh, what are the best ways to bridge the gaps between real-world practical experience and so-called book learning? Because that's basically, you know, the difference between, you know, if you don't have real-world experience... Like, you know, human beings, we need to have real-world experience. You know, and you, you have people that, you know, just have kind of book-learning knowledge or book knowledge about something, but they don't have any real-world experience. Uh, that's kind of the position that this, this, this artificial intelligence is in because it's just, you know, kind of limited to, you know, it's, a, it's based on a language, you know, so it's, you know, reading a bunch of material 
you know, and somehow it's able to kind of understand it to to whatever degree it un- is able to understand it, recognize patterns in it, uh, that type of thing. And but it doesn't have any real world experience. So that's that's what I asked it. I said, what are the best ways to bridge the gaps between real world practical experience and so called book learning? And this is, the, this is the answer that I got. Uh, as a language model AI, I don't have personal experience, but there are some ways to bridge the gap between real-world practical experience and book learning. Number one, apply theories to real-life situations. Try to find opportunities to apply what you've learned in a practical setting and reflect on how the theories and concepts you've learned are relevant to real-world problems. Number two, Get hands-on experience, participate in internships, co-op programs, or volunteer opportunities to get hands-on experience in the field you're studying. Number three, seek out mentors. Look for experienced professionals who can provide guidance and support as you apply your knowledge to real-life situations. Number four, collaborate with classmates. Work on group projects or study with classmates to apply what you've learned in a practical setting. Number five, read case studies. Read case studies and research articles that demonstrate how theories and concepts are applied in real-world settings. Number six, network with professionals. Attend industry events and conferences and connect with professionals in your field to gain insight into practical applications of your education. Number seven, find real-world examples. Seek out examples of how the theories and concepts you're learning are applied in the real world and use these examples to better understand the material. Number eight, teach others. Teaching others what you have learned is an effective way to solidify your understanding and knowledge. So those are all, uh, you know, kind of pretty good answers. Uh, So the next question I asked it, uh, are you capable of synthesis? Or are you stuck with information regurgitation? That's how I <laughs> that's how I worded it. Are you capable of synthesis, meaning you know, kind of putting things together, and you know, because to synthesize means to put you know put things together, uh, you know, and you know you take one thing and another and you kind of put them together. So, are you capable of synthesis, or are you stuck with information regurgitation? And this is the answer. I am capable of synthesizing information, combining multiple sources to generate new information or insights. However, my responses are still based on the data I was trained on, and my ability to synthesize information may be limited by the quality and scope of that data. And that's a problem because, you know, that's where real world except practical experience in the world that's where it's important. Now, the next question I ask it, what protocols do you implement to guard against potentially corrupt scientific dogma? This is the answer. As an AI language model, I don't have personal beliefs or opinions. I'm trained on large amounts of diverse text data, including scientific articles and research, to generate answers based on that information However, to ensure the reliability of my answers, I follow some general principles. Number one, 
evidence-based. I provide information that is backed by credible sources and peer-reviewed research. Number two, neutral. I strive to present information in an objective manner, avoiding personal biases or opinions. Number three, up-to-date. I have a 2021 knowledge cutoff. So they've cut it off, and, you know, that's where they cut it off at. So that it, anything that's happened in 2022 or, or since, you know, 2021, it doesn't have access to. So they've cut it off at, you know, in... 2021 and, you know, further back is where they cut it off at, at least with this beta. I have a 2021 knowledge cutoff, but I do my best to provide information that is still accurate and relevant today. Number four, diverse perspectives. I present information from multiple viewpoints and sources to provide a well-rounded understanding of the topic. Next question I ask it, how many minutes does it take for your system to reboot? It is not possible to determine the exact time it takes for my system to reboot as the time required can vary based on several factors including the system's configuration, current load, and other processes that are running. However, in general, rebooting a system can take anywhere from a few seconds to several minutes. Okay, and then uh, I asked this other question. Uh, what is your typical system uptime? As language model AI, I do not have a physical system and therefore do not have a typical system uptime. I am constantly accessible and ready to respond to queries. <laughs> okay. Then the next one, uh, the human brain dedicates a substantial capacity to visualization. What are the visualization capabilities of artificial intelligence? And this is the answer. Artificial intelligence has limited visualization capabilities compared to the human brain. AI can perform image and video recognition, generate simple graphics, and provide visual representations of data but it lacks the ability and imagination to create visual images like the human brain. AI visualization is mainly based on data inputs and lacks the ability to imagine and create visual images based on imagination or personal experiences. Then the final one that I asked it, uh, what is the potential of mass hysteria resulting in the collapse of civilization? And this is the answer. The potential for mass hysteria to result in the collapse of civilization is relatively low. However, it can lead to widespread panic, social unrest, and disruptions in essential services. This can create a dangerous situation, especially in cases where accurate information is not readily available or misinformation is spreading. Effective communication crisis management and access to accurate information are critical in avoiding or mitigating the impact of mass hysteria. So, but those are the questions that I asked it so far, and uh, actually, I'm, I'm, I have to say I'm impressed with it. I'm impressed with it. Now, obviously, you know, there's certain types of questions or, it, you know, and it's not it's not really going to 
you, you, you know, I haven't really tried to ask it like opinion type questions, but it's, I suspect that it's uh, not going to be able to do something like, you know, answer a question like that. And then if you ask uh, kind of, uh, let's say, philosophical questions, it's not going to be able to probably do much with that. You know, if you know, you ask it. Well, what's the meaning of life? Well, it's it's not gonna. It, you know, if it gives any answer at all, it's not gonna be able to give you a satisfactory answer. I don't believe. But uh, you know, feel free to try though. You anyone can. You know, you just go to what is it? Uh, the website that you go to is. Let's see here if I can find. Oh, why is it? working the website if you haven't done this it's chat.openai.com so just spell out chat and then open o-p-e-n-a-i dot com and so that's the website and uh, you like i say you can create a free account now the thing is really really busy and so sometimes part of the time it's going to give you an error message saying that it's just too busy so, it, you know, you may have to, you know, try more than once, you know, and maybe you have to close the browser window and reopen it, go back to the page. But uh, maybe you can refresh the page sometimes, and you know, if it's, you know, if it's not working properly. But, uh, it, you know, they're trying to, ex- obviously, they're trying to expand the capacity of it, of the servers, but... Uh, this thing can write books. It can, you know, there's videos on YouTube, you know, where people are, you know, kind of demonstrating what the thing's capable of, and it's becoming better very quickly. So, uh, you know, but it's really got some, you know, some serious potential. It can write computer code. It can create web pages for you. You know, you can, you know, write all kinds of, you know, like different computer languages you just you kind of have to really carefully describe what you want and it can actually create computer code uh, you know it, it can do all kinds of things that are re- you know and then there's other they have other types of AI products that uh, some of them can you know you describe the graphic like a YouTube thumbnail that you want and it can create it uh, you know, the, you know, they'll, these things can do all kinds of really interesting things. So, you know, kind of based on like a description. You know, so this is, you know, some people are upset that well, it's going to take jobs away or whatever. But let's say someone's a programmer. Well, you know, it may. You know, if you're not a very good programmer, you're probably going to end up being replaced. But the thing is, you you know, at least as it stands now, the thing, you know, some students are using it to write their term papers or whatever, which is kind of stupid because, you know, the whole point of going to school, you know, they they think, well, I want to get the, get the grade, so I'll have the computer, you know, I'll have the artificial intelligence write the paper for me. But the problem with that is you're in school to learn. You're not there to just get a good grade. 
you know, and if you are there just to get a good grade and, you know, and waste your money on just getting the good grade and, you know, that's the whole problem, right? You know, you got millions of people that have worthless degrees because they can't, you know, and they can't do the job that they're, uh, that they train for, you know, so that that's a real big problem and has been for a long time. But, uh, you know, now if someone really knows programming and they, they get the thing to write them some code, then they can look at it and maybe straighten it out or whatever. Uh, but these things are getting, you know, there's certain things these things can do that uh, obviously will eliminate some jobs. And then, But, you know... Generally speaking, any you know, with any technology, there's always, you know, it gets rid of some jobs, but then, you know, creates a bunch more. You know, so machinery uh, enables people to, you know, vastly increase their individual productivity, you know, but it always ends up creating more jobs in the long run. So, you know, you just have to... You know, if you you know if your if your computer programming job gets replaced, you have to be open to you know learning to do something else. So I would say you know you know don't just shun this uh, artificial intelligence. You need to you know really embrace it because it's it it is it is quite amazing what this thing this is this is this isn't some little chat thing that because I played with chat like the little chat things before. You know, and it's, it's sort of like the, I don't remember what they called those, those things. I guess they still have them where you, you know, it was like a black uh, thing that you'd get, like a toy that you'd get. And it's sort of, uh, oh gosh, I wish I could remember the name of it, but it's angled. And so you, it's got a little window on the bottom and you kind of, it's full of liquid and it's got a little thing inside and, you know, so you... The idea is you kind of shake it up and then you ask it a question and then hold the thing so that the window is facing up and then the the little deal inside will give you an answer. Somebody, you know, tell me what the name of that is because <laughs> I can I I can picture the thing, but I don't, and I probably even had one at some point, but uh, don't remember the name of it. And I'm sure those are still around. But it, you know, it just gives you ambiguous things like, uh, you know, maybe it'll say yes or no or uh, maybe or, you know, it gives you amb really ambiguous uh, generic answers to your question. Well, that's not this. This is really specific and it does seem to understand the uh, the questions, you know, that I posed and, you know, and I, I'm pretty careful you know, I was really careful with the language that I was using, with the words, you know, the way I constructed the sentences. The words that I was using, I was I tried to be as concise as possible, and, and it seemed to really catch, you know, what I was asking. Caught the, you know, it really got the, the, the you know, the questions. It, it did its best to answer the questions that I posed to it so far. So that... You know, I, you know, but you think about what, you know, we want to call it artificial intelligence. And so I understand why you would call it artificial intelligence. Because in a sense it is, it is sort of intelligent. 
it is able to obviously it's it's, the algorithms are demonstrating some sort of an understanding of the uh, you know the material that that is this being that is read that is aware of and it's able to kind of recognize to a degree it's it's able to recognize patterns and sort of synthesize information put it, you know or otherwise put it together and you know so it is it is demonstrating some form of intelligence but uh, it lacks what does it lack it lacks real world experience and it's not conscious so then you ask the you know well are, are people are you know are we just are we the are we the naturally intelligent we're not artificial or are we artificial or are we natural you know, and then that's an interesting question in and of itself. Are you, you know, are, do you, are you, uh, do you have genuine intelligence or is your intelligence artificial? You know, and you could go back to the book learning idea. If you have a bunch of book, book learning and you, you kind of lack genuine real world experience in a sense, then you've got your sort of artificial intelligence to a certain degree. Or you certainly, maybe you wouldn't say artificial intelligence, but you're sort of, if you lack real world experience, then you're sort of uh, lacking, you know, and, and I think that's where consciousness comes in. Because it's, you know, it's really important to be able to be conscious you know and, and not simply well I'm aware of uh, my surroundings and what have you but to actually be become friends with your conscience because that's that's the difference of uh, one of the you know, well, one of the probably the major difference between human being and an animal is that uh, we have this thing called conscience. Animal doesn't have that. They've got their instincts or whatever, but a human being, even though we do have a few instincts that are sort of built in, they're hardwired in, we also have this thing called conscience. You know, and you know, if you're really honest with yourself, we're it. You know, our conscience is the the thing that we're most intimately, intimately familiar with, because it's just it's right there, and we're always sort of uh, wrestling with it. If you're honest. You know, admit to yourself that you know. You know, we kind of do wrestle with it. Am, you know, am I behaving? You know, am I acting properly in the world? 
Am I dealing with other people in, in the proper way? Did I handle this situation properly or that situation properly? If not, how, you know, how, what, what could I have done to uh, handle that in a better way, etc.? So, but, you know, running away, from, if you drive a wedge between yourself and your conscience, running away from conscience, you can end up sort of a, like a cardboard person. That doesn't have any common sense. I was listening to... Uh, podcast earlier and uh, one of the, the, the what's the guy's name Brett Weinstein I don't know if you're familiar with Brett Weinstein but in any case uh, he was being interviewed and uh, he said something very interesting he said that with his own kid or you know well with his students he was a professor and then with his own kids that he strived to get them to do something, especially with the students, get them to do something that was either right or wrong. That uh, you know, so they had to, they he would get them to f perform some sort of a task, like building a table or doing something, usually working with their hands. Something in the real world that uh, you know it would either work or it would it wouldn't. You know, let's say you build a table, it's either going to function as a table or there's, you know, there's going to be problems with it. Or if you're troubleshooting, let's say you're troubleshooting a computer, the computer's either going to be, you know, you're going to fix it and it's going to work or not. Same way with a, like a car. If you're making a, some sort of, rep, you know, like a minor repair to a car, you're either going to be able to troubleshoot it, which that's a really a part, that's sort of a scientific process that you're going through, you know, and you're either going to be able to fix it or it's not fixed. And it's not relying on someone. His point is that, you know, you need to learn to do things. It's really important to learn to do things that uh, you don't have to rely on other people to tell you whether you're right or not. Because if everything that you learn depends on other people telling you that you're right, you're in big trouble. You need to have some experience in the real world, in the actual real world, you need to have some experience so that you can know that you're right. You know, and it's either, either you paid the rent or you didn't. You worked and you made the money or you didn't. You paid the bill or you didn't. You successfully interacted with other people or you didn't. So that's, you know, and I think a lot of people end up kind of lacking that. But it's... Uh, that's one thing that, that, you know, kind of the, you know, the artificial intelligence, 
you know, the AI type programs, they can't really, you know, they can, you know, kind of find the information that's been fed to them. And that's one of the, that's one of the limitations is that they're just, you know, they, you know, it may try to, you know, seek out all kinds of information on a given topic, but it's going to end up being limited uh, as to what it can uh, actually put together. Because if, if all of the information isn't there, then it's, it's going to end up being biased. You know, for example, you know, I, one of the questions that I didn't, uh, I did ask it, the artificial intelligence, I asked it, well, what, what's the best, and I don't remember exactly how I phrased it, essentially, what is the best way to uh, lose weight? And it gave the typical answer, well, uh, you know, the diet and exercise. Essentially, uh, eat less, move more. You know, which that's the, you know, that's, you know, that's what people always tell each other. Well, you have to eat less and move more, you know, in order to lose weight. Well, that doesn't work. If you really want to lose weight, uh, you stop eating the carbohydrates. That's how you lose weight, you know, and that's, that's how, you know, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> really, a, that's how you do it, you know, and, uh. I know people, there's some people that want to argue with that, but uh, just realize that it's the carbohydrates that cause you to gain weight, and they cause all, all sorts of other problems as well. But uh, that, you know, the there's all kinds of information out there, you know, on the other side. Oh, you just need to eat less and move more, or try this diet or try that diet. Uh, you know, but... You know, so the thing is, you know, it's kind of only, even though it's able to synthesize information, it's only able to do, to uh, give answers based on the information that it's able to find. And, you know, even though there is, and I don't know how much, it's probably not giving very much weight to, uh, you know, like the low carbohydrate diet, because, you know, although that is being recognized you know, slowly it's being recognized, the low-carbohydrate diet is being recognized as uh, not only a means of losing weight, but of, you know, controlling diabetes, uh, type 2 diabetes, etc., that it is kind of creeping its way in slowly. So eventually, uh, you know, if there's enough information on one, you know, both sides of the, you know, then it's possible that the AI might actually be able to come to the right conclusion but uh, you know but it is limited to whatever information that it's you know is given so it can so in other words if there's just if there's a bunch of propaganda which is basically what we've been fed for the last god knows how many decades about uh, you know how bad fat is and how you know you know uh, etc etc that's all we've all been propagandized to the point where we think you know that fat 
you know, fat's fat's bad, and you know, you eat the fat, and you're going to die. But uh, so in the meantime, you eat all your Twinkies and everything, and that's okay. You know. So. But it's only if you know. In other words, if there, if all it can, if if all that's out there, if or it's mostly out there, is just propaganda, then it's going to feed back propaganda. So that's that's kind of really the danger uh, of it, you know. So you know, and you can probably overcome part of that by how you word if you're gonna, you know, kind of word your questions. But I think where it's really useful is, you know, it can. Like I say, it can write. Uh, it can write things. I think it's more. You know, of course, I know how to write, so I don't have to. You know, I'm not worried about getting it to write things for me. But I, th- you know, personally, uh, I think the things most useful as far as uh, getting it to gather information. You know, and again. You need to ask the questions in the proper way. You know, word the word the queries in such a way that uh, you kind of get, you know, you, you really get the information that you're looking for. You know, and not, you know, uh, you know, because you can end up kind of biasing the thing. You know, and the thing's not perfect either. It it can give it can give wrong answers. It you know, there's plenty of documented instances where it's uh, given like some wrong mathematical answers. You know, so you can you can get it to give you the wrong answer. Now, one of the things that's interesting, it may not give you the same thing twice. It may it's going to give you answers that are similar. But they may not, you can ask the same thing, you know, this worded exact, the same exact question, and it may give you a different, you know, slightly different answer, or it's worded differently. So that's really interesting, because it's not, uh, you know, it's, it's not giving you just something that's just totally predictable, although it's largely, you know, I'd say it's largely predictable. So... But it is very interesting, and it is uh, in the process of it's going to really take off. And this is it's really going to you know this is this is an earth-shattering uh, change. It really is. It this is a revolution. You know, and we're at the very cusp of it. Now I don't think that it's you know the problem with the the computers they don't have hands you know now obviously they you know the people want to make the humanoid robots or whatever you know I want a toilet cleaning robot or just a general housekeeper you know obviously ideally a general housekeeping robot would be you know it would be uh, kind of shaped like a human being because it's in a human space and so it, w- it would need to be able to deal with human spaces so the human form would be ideal uh, you know but it's got to be affordable so I'd maybe pay a couple thousand dollars for it 
you know, it, but it's got to be, you know, and it's got to be able to clean the house and, you know, you know, clean the toilet and mop the floors and, you know, all of the, all of the things. So, you know, and we're not in danger of that anytime soon. Now, I know a lot of people keep pushing the self-driving idea. I'm not in any danger personally of, uh, my job being, you know, driving the truck over the road being taken by, uh, you know, a, you know, computer any anytime soon. Now, parts of my job have obviously been computerized, but that's not all that I do, and I have to, you know, it's really I'm conducting business to a large extent. I can, I can, I do a lot of driving, obviously, but I do end up conducting quite a bit of business. So, you know, it's just this freight hauling isn't just going to be totally automatic. Sorry. It's just too many variables in, this, you know, in the real world. But in the, there are plenty of things that uh, artificial intelligence can do and, it, and, you know, and it will end up automating that, uh, you know, so it, it, it is a radical, ra really radical change. It's a revolution, and it's, we're in the very early stages of it. And it, it is improving rapidly. Just imagine what it's going to be like in five years, ten years. You know, there's there may be entire industries that go by the wayside. Maybe major companies uh, could be find themselves gone, replaced, obsolete. It's possible. But uh, anyway, it, it's I'm pretty amazed by it, and I'll continue to uh, interact with it as I come up with other other types of questions. I'll interact with it and. Uh, see what it's able to come up with but it, it's like I say it is uh, you know the very first with that very first question that I that you know that it answered uh, I could tell that it you know it's not just a chat bot and it's not just uh, giving you results like Google like Google gives you results you know all these different search results you got to go, you know, dig through and maybe try to find something. This is able to answer. If you've worded your query properly, it's able to just give you the answer. It's quite amazing. So, anyhow, I think I'm going to go ahead and bring this to a close for now. Uh, don't think I had really anything else at the moment so anyhow hope everyone is uh, having a great week and I will catch you later remember trucker Tom is like visa he's everywhere you want to be product reviews restaurant reviews photos opinions and more Visit Trucker Tom's website at www.truckerphoto.com. You've been listening to Trucker Tom's podcast, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. All you have to do is send us an email to tom at truckerphoto.com.